Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and everything else on the spectrum. Welcome to Pikapi Podcast. This is a Pokemon anime podcast going through every episode of the Pokemon anime from start to finish and hyper-analyzing everybody's decisions uh, with uh, maybe more than a little judgment than is warranted for a children's show, but it's all in good fun because I love these characters and I love this show and it can do no wrong even though it does wrong like a whole heck of a lot. So let us get into it. Episode 337, Take the Lombre Home. So, the kids, they are walking down a path in the forest talking about their destination of Petalburg Gym. May's excited to show her parents all the ribbons she's won, and Ash is excited to win a gym battle. Max, in a show of foreshadowing, is very dismissive of Ash's uh, plans to win a gym battle at Petalburg Gym against his dad. He's like, nah, nah, my dad's gonna be tough for you to beat. It's never gonna happen. So we'll circle back to that in a few episodes. For now, the kids have been walking a ways. They could use some water. And the old canteen is bone dry. Brock is usually more prepared than this. And he says that he didn't bring any extra water on purpose because this area they're traveling through is actually famous for a freshwater spring. And he's really excited to visit it and taste the water. I get it, but still poor planning. Like, y'all know how often you get sidetracked. Like, you might want some water in between then and reaching this very famous spring. But again, he's excited, and Brock is nothing if not full of zeal and never doing anything halfway. So he didn't pack extra water, but he's super ready for this spring. So excited to visit it, enough to brave the deep forest and wild Zubat and Team Rocket. They've clearly got something else going on this episode, but nonetheless took time out of their busy schedules to ambush the kids with a hole trap, which would be a lot more of a hassle if a friendly neighborhood Soul Rock didn't show up and start fighting Team Rocket on Ash's behalf. As it stands, the kids are able to calmly and quietly climb out of the hole themselves. Ash Pokedexes the Pokemon. He is very excited to learn about this cool Soul Rock. And even Team Rocket is like, hey, thanks, Twerp. That was really educational. Oh, wait. <laughs> Team Rocket, they are really off their game today. Like I said, they clearly had something else going on. But the whole trap, like, it wasn't too deep. And then they tried to attack Soul Rock themselves when Pin Missile wasn't cutting it. Like, usually... Jesse and James attacking Pokemon in lieu of their Pokemon only happens when they're desperate. It's like, Team Rocket's head, clearly somewhere else. One solar beam from Soul Rock and they're out of there. Like, no worries, they'll be back. It's just surprising. Soul Rock is gone too, though, and that's kind of sad. Ash wanted to thank it for saving Pikachu. 
but it's vanished from sight, so until it wants to be found, they decide to carry on their merry way. They find the spring, sort of. It's run dry, completely barren, and so is the nearby town and the riverbed. Something's happened here, where did all the water go? Ash asks Pikachu to smell for water, and May asks the question we're all asking, like, since when can Pikachu do that? <laughs> and yeah, he can't. But here's the thing, <laughs> the level of trust Pikachu has in Ash, like, Pikachu has never demonstrated the ability to sniff out water before. He knows that's a thing he can't do. But Ash tells him with all of his Pokemon Master authority, like, Pikachu, do the thing. And Pikachu is like, yeah, Ash, I don't smell any water. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's not until May and Max say something that he and Ash are both like, oh, yeah, right. This was never a thing that you could do. <laughs> like, I just pointed out because there were a lot of moments in Indigo League where Ash asked Pikachu to do things that he does not have the capability to do. And Pikachu's response was like, you moron. How dare you? Let me thundershock you for your stupidity. Now Ash could basically ask Pikachu to fly and Pikachu would be like, sorry man, I tried. <laughs> anyway, Max points out that a water Pokemon would have better luck sensing water. So, out come Mudkip, Lotad, and Corfish. And Skitty, because it likes to be involved. Corfish immediately jumps into the riverbed and starts digging. Skitty, Mudkip, and Lotad all run off somewhere else. Brock and May follow them, which just leaves Ash on the bridge looking down at Corfish like, You doing okay, buddy? Finding anything? Because literally everybody's heading that way. <laughs> Corfish finds a ceramic pot, so it can impersonate a hermit crab. It's not Corfish's finest hour, but Ash is doing his best with these kids. He tries to give Corfish the benefit of the doubt. Like, yeah, there could have been water in there once. <laughs> Mudkip finds a well. It's dried up, but it's something. Lotad is a bit excited about it anyway, and it falls in the well. I've often felt like Lotad's always been a bit weird, and Corfish is his own brand of crazy. Like, I just see these two getting along super well and sharing perhaps their one functioning brain cell between them. But that is neither here nor there. The important bit is that after Brock rescues his poor little Lotad, that apparently is all the impetus it needs to evolve into Lombre. One step closer to its final and truly crack-fabulous form. The Pokédex says that Lombre is a nocturnal creature, and I guess in the wild, and the dark, is sometimes mistaken for a human child. I guess its silhouette could be a kid in a big hat, but the giant mustache, I think, would be a giveaway. Anyway, Brock barely had time to congratulate his team member before an old lady rushes up, declaring that the great and powerful Lombre has come to save the village from misfortune and all that. I'm sure Ash and Brock are like, ugh, here we go again. It's been, what, a month since someone mistook us or our Pokémon for a prophecy? <laughs> The whole village comes out, they take their lombre worship seriously, everyone's got hats shaped like lombre's lily pad, and it's explained that Solrock is the cause of the village's misfortune. Or implied, the elders of the village are busy flocking to lombre. So Ash and the crew decide to gravitate to the one person in the village acting borderline normal, a green-haired young lady named Mary, the old lady's granddaughter. 
Max successfully interferes with Brock's love declarations, and then the kids can ask, So what's up? Also got any water, we're dying. Mary gets them a drink and is like, Yo, Grandma be crazy? Basically, a meteorite hit a while back and Soul Rock was seen in the forest. Since then, it hasn't rained and the spring has dried up. The spring they all believe was home to the Great Lombre. The spring feeds the river, so the town is having a severe drought, and the village people are convinced it's the Soul Rock's fault and it's evil, drive it out. Mary's not so sure. She thinks it's a bit suspicious that one Soul Rock could derail the whole ecosystem. She'd like to find a rational explanation based in a bit more science. Maybe check out the groundwater situation and the way water flows through the area. So she says while her village is out performing a rain dance to Brock's former Lotad. For Ash's part, he's also on Team Soul Rock is not evil. After all, it saved Pikachu. So whatever's going on, driving out a Pokemon from its home and calling it names isn't the solution. Whatever the case, Lombre loves the rain dance, and so do a lot of Pokemon, including Pikachu. He forms a conga line with some wild Velossum. More Pokemon join in, and it's turning into a real party. Villagers and Pokemon dancing together. The kids have to admit it looks like fun, like, hope it does rain. They're giving it an A for effort. But Mary holds out her belief that, no, no matter how fun the rain dance looks, it doesn't matter if it doesn't actually rain. Which it doesn't. But Max points out that all the dancing may be having an effect. It's not going to rain, but it lured out all the wild Pokemon in the area. Maybe it'll lure out Soul Rock. And we can clear its name in front of the villagers and maybe get the villagers to start looking for real answers. Brock contends that Soul Rock is psychic and why would it come near people who hate it? Bringing me to my favorite exchange of the episode, Mary's grandmother says they don't hate Soul Rock. It's just not one of their favorite Pokemon. To which Max runs up and gets in her face like, What's the difference? It's not your favorite? That's the same as hating it. I am the internet. How dare you? But you know who doesn't have negative thoughts or unfavoriting thoughts about Soul Rock? Lombre. So they all decide to let Lombre keep rain dancing while they all hide in the bushes and see if Soul Rock comes out. Because Soul Rock is psychic, but apparently leaves deter its mind-reading powers. I don't know. Well, Soul Rock does come out. Starts chatting with Lombre. It feels perfectly safe, all is going to plan, and then... Skitty jumps out of its Pokeball like, we need some mayhem! It runs off into a cave. May has to go after it. Mary follows her because she knows this cave, can't let the two of them get hurt. So the boys and Grandma hold down the fort and just pray the plan hasn't been lost to chaos. So May and Mary go into the caves and they find Skitty. And they also find a giant pump, right where an underground spring ought to have been. That solves the village's water mystery. Someone's been pumping it all away. But the real question of the hour is, did Skitty know that when it led May into the caves, somehow? Or is Skitty's greatest attack the power of coincidence? I don't know what type can learn that move, but I seem to remember Togepi had it too. Anyway, 
Team Rocket is also in this area, remember, and before they got distracted by the twerps and tried their hole trap, they were up to some bottled water shenanigans. And astute viewers might notice the bright red R on the side of all this pumping equipment. Team Rocket is trying to set up their own Evian brand here. Uh, but once again, they are distracted when Wabafet notices Lombre and Solrock chilling together. Meowth gets some boss fantasy ideas for how Giovanni could really use these Pokémon, and Team Rocket decides to give up what they do okay-ish for the thing that they're best at being the worst at. Of course, May is also not an idiot. She knows what R stands for and doesn't need to buy a vowel. So while she and Mary confront Team Rocket, we cut to Lombre and Solrock becoming friends, earning the entire town's rage, and causing Ash and his friends to defend this new Romeo and Juliet star-crossed buddies thing that's just developed. Like, it looks like a fight's gonna break out. Solrock, being psychic, knows it's threatened and uses telekinesis to lift the angry villagers off the ground. So now Ash is defending both sides, like... Yeah, I know you can read their minds and all you see is murderous rage, but no one's gonna hurt you. Yes, I know they just said verbally that you're a curse and they're gonna hurt you, but I promise. <laughs> Solrock chooses the path of nonviolence. Just as May and Mary come running up with Team Rocket, erupting out of the earth in their mecha. I'm guessing that confrontation didn't go well. The girls tell Ash uh, who's been stealing the water, and he's like, Figures, should have been my first guess. Having pumped out so much water, Team Rocket's mech is now basically a super soaker. They fire on Pikachu, fire on the townspeople, but then Solrock jumps in front, bravely taking the hit in front of the villagers. So selfless, especially since it's weak against water. It warms the townspeople's hearts. Shouldn't have had to risk its life for that, but it's very kind, Solrock. Good for you. And better yet, Solrock has a very cool trick of spinning and using its heat to ward off the water attack. Could this be where Ash gets ideas about counter shield? Hmm. I wonder. Of course, the thing about spinning is you get dizzy. After sending Team Rocket blasting off, Solrock's out of control. It can't stop spinning and is just generating more heat with no water to fight back against, which is setting fire to the local plants. And it's spinning towards the village. Luckily, Lombre knows Water Gun. Brock has it run after Solrock and try to cool his new friend down. Uh, Mudkip lends a hand, and either by coincidence or the large amount of condensation produced, I've given up understanding science in this show, it starts raining. Solrock cools down and gets a hold of itself. The rain starts filling up the spring again. The town is cheering for all the Pokémon. The people are dancing. The peasants rejoice. It all seems to be a happy ending. And then Brock faces a dilemma. Lombre is the village-saving protector, and he's Lombre's protector, so he and Lombre need to stay here. Yes, he loves his friends and traveling, but he has duties. Duties, they're important. The fact that Mary's here too is coincidental. Oh, this is the hardest choice he's ever had to make, but he's left the party once for the sake of responsibilities and true love. He can do it again. Well, bye Brock. For the second time, this series bids you farewell. I'll miss you. And the village thanks Lombre for its years and years of service doffs their lily pad sombreros and designates Solrock as the new protector of the spring. Guess Brock's not going anywhere after all. 
just as well. Mary gave him little more than a confused glance when he burst up and declared his desire to stay. I don't think this one was your match, Brock. Better luck next time. I'd like to note, in the background, May and Max are like, ha ha, irony, sorry, Brock. And Ash is like, eyes wide, shock, was he about to just leave me? Again, I am really settling into this theory that Ash fully understands the concept of romance. He just doesn't recognize most of the romance around him that's happening in any healthy capacity. If they're not acting like Brock, he's not going to assume it's love. Love looks like psychotic behavior to him. <laughs> Which is going to make the whole Serena thing so interesting to go through and dissect someday. But the kids head off against the setting sun. It was another episode where we have characters who needed water, Pokemon who have water, and the humans do not use it. Again, I do not think this is an oversight, rather that Pokemon water probably just is not safe to drink. It could be salt water rather than fresh water, it could have other minerals or chemicals in it, or it could just be the simple fact that most water gun attacks involve the Pokemon spitting. And do you want to drink water that just came from someone else's mouth? I also, like, have distant memories of, like, young, young person science classes that pure H2O does not actually conduct electricity. It's all the other stuff in water that makes it conductive, the other minerals and things in there. Don't know how true that is because, again, my science class days were far behind me and clearly I didn't grow up to become a scientist. But if that is true, then it implies that there might be minerals or chemicals or impurities in Pokemon water that make it unsuitable for drinking. At least without boiling at first. Someone should test that theory with the move Scald. But anyway, that brings us to the end of this episode. Another one for the books. Tune in next time to hear our heroes continue their trek across the Hoenn region and eventually... Find their way to Petalburg Gym and a confrontation with May and Max's dad, which, uh, well, we all know how it goes. We'll get there soon. Until next time, if you want to find this podcast, we are on the internet at peakappypodcast.blogspot.com, as well as most of the places where you can find podcasts, like the iTunes, like the Podkicker, like, I think, the Stitcher, like the many places that pick up RSS feeds. And until next time, this has been Peak Happy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. <laughs>